You're listening to Better Than Yesterday, a podcast that will inspire the chase to your best self. My name is Angelo Kelly, and I'm a creator who escaped the traditional nine to five. On the show, you'll hear conversations with elite athletes, mindset coaches, and everyday people who talk about their personal journey to a life of passion. I appreciate you guys being here. Now let's get rolling. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've been really excited to release this one since I had the conversation a few weeks ago. I have my weightlifting coach on the podcast today, Joe Brown. Joe is a weightlifting coach. He's also a weightlifter competing in the Masters Division, 81 to 89 kilos. We're kind of unsure about that. He's a family man. He's a cancer survivor. Just so many different topics that we talked about on the show And I was just really glad to have this conversation. So I'm excited to share it with you guys, and let's send it over there now. All right, cool, man. Well, Joe, thanks for coming on. I've been wanting to get you on for a while now. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me. So I was kind of looking at where we're going to get started, and I'm looking at your Instagram. I'm like, there is so many different places we can take this. I'm sure we'll get into weightlifting for sure, but what's kind of your background? Like, What was your upbringing like? How did you get to where you are today? Oh, wow. That's a lot. I'm old. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Um, I grew up skateboarding. I started skateboarding when I was about four years old. And um, that was like my sport growing up because I I didn't like sports. I tried. My dad tried to get me to play tennis. He tried to teach me basketball. Basketball is too short. So I wasn't having yeah, that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, I there was something about skateboarding that excited me. Uh, and so I got into that. And um, I also got into Taekwondo. And I mentioned that because that's, I think Taekwondo is where I learned like discipline and control of my body, which um, kind of just is something I... I I found that I was pretty decent at that, and I liked um, that experience of uh, just feeling like I could control my body in certain movements. Um, I also wanted to be Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't know if you know who that guy is. No, I don't know who. Yeah, so you're a little younger than I am. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, Bloodsport, check out that movie. It was an old karate movie. Anyway, in that movie, Jean-Claude Van Damme did like a full straddle, like he was like, on chairs like one foot's on each chair Mm -hmm. and he's like sitting there in a full straddle meditating and you know he was a beast he was super ripped and like awesome at karate whatever and when i saw that i was like i'm gonna do that and you know in in taekwondo we would stretch before every uh session and stuff and you know doing straddles and stuff was one of them and i could not do a full straddle but i saw that jean-claude van damme could do it and he could kick like over people's heads and stuff and i was like i'm gonna do that and so i stretched Every single day when I went to my class, I would, they had like a machine where I would crank my legs open in like abduction and I would do that and eventually I could do full, full splits and full straddles. So that was kind of where I learned, like if I apply myself completely, then I can at least get close to where I wanted to get to. And so I think that was kind of important for me, um, for, like I said, like lots of things that I've done in life. And how old were you at this point? That was, let's see, I started Taekwondo, I think when I was six. 
and I did it until I was about eight or nine. So six years old, you're walking in like stretching every day, like doing stuff outside. <laughs> That's probably of it. when I was like seven. Okay. Yeah, like when I really <laughs> well, got still. like yeah, I got like committed. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, I think that's that's good because I think a lot of kids when you're younger like you you have an interest and you might do it for two days and then you just like you're like I'm not stretching every day why would I do that like if you don't see results right away you're like next thing yeah I there's just a determination inside of me for some things and when I was younger that was one of them so I was determined to get that and I did it yeah and I I definitely wanted to hit on this but uh you're the one hashtag you use all the time is never give up and I think yeah. that's something that that you I've seen over the last couple of years at the gym that that's your attitude towards everything, whether it's training, whether it's coaching, it's constantly a desire to grow and to get better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's cool that you noticed that. Um, yeah. That hashtag means a lot to me. Um, the idea of never giving up on something that you really believe in. That's like just been super huge for me all my life. Yeah. And you've had, you've had uh you've had a lot go on. So yeah. you've had, you've had some health battles and you know, you're been, you've been training for a long time. So let's, uh, let's touch on that a little bit. I'm not sure how difficult that is for you to talk about. I'm sure it's, it's tough, but you went through cancer. So yeah, what, what yeah, was I that did. experience like? Yeah. Uh, no, I, yeah, I don't mind talking about that at all. Um, I mean, it's a, obviously it's a, it's, it's a, it was a rough time in my life, but I can talk about it. Um, so let's see, I am, I'm 39, and I'm almost 40. I was diagnosed with uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma when I was, uh, I think I was 29. Yeah, it was July 2010. So at the time, I had uh, about a, a two-year-old son and a nine-month-old uh, daughter. And so when I found out I had cancer, it was... Um, it, it, it was hard because when I grew up, it, it seemed to me as a kid, when someone found out they had cancer, they, they were dying. They were, they were going to die in six months, a year. It was a death sentence. You know, now, at this point, when I got diagnosed with cancer, it was no longer like a, a death sentence. And, you know, they, they figured out lots of ways to treat cancer. Thankfully, I, I had a, a very treatable cancer. But... When I first found out, my initial thought was, you know, I, I, I broke down crying and I, I prayed. Uh, I did not want to die. I felt like my life was kind of just getting going. Um, at the time, I had just started as a personal trainer, like literally like three days before I went into the hospital to uh, get the biopsy. So it, it was just crazy. Um, but in that moment... I, you know, I, I put it into God's hands because I knew that this was something I had no control over. Um, you know, uh, I, I have a very strong belief in God, and I have a very strong belief that He is in control ultimately of, of all things, but there's things that we go about in our days that we feel we have control over. And this was a moment in my life where I knew I had no control over what was happening to me. So I just... I committed it to him. I said, just, I, I you know, I, I pray, Lord, that you would, you would take this from me, but if, if it's not your will to take this from me, then help my family and help, help us all to get through this, help my wife to be able to get through this. And, um, you know, so I'm here now. Uh, so thankfully, uh, I, I got through it, 
because I was healthy and, and strong and young, uh, I had about, I, they, they gave me an 85% cure rate. And so after six months of treatments, it was all gone. I had to do chemo for five months and one month of radiation. So. Wow. And I think at that point, like that really tests your faith. Like you can have, you can have faith and be like, oh, I'm not in control over stuff. But when it's like that real, I'm sure it's either like that's decision time. Like, am I going to actually trust this or am I going to be like, you know, why this happened to me? Like the, this is so ridiculous. Like I shouldn't be going through this. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I, I have a, for me, I have a belief that, uh, you know, I, I do believe things happen for a reason, but I also believe that there's things that happen that we don't ever really truly understand why it happened. Um, and, but the other thing too, is that there's lots of times where like bad things happen, but there's lots of good that come out of it. Uh, and that was something that was real powerful for me as I was going through the treatments and, uh, people reaching out to me, telling me that they were praying for me and just all different sorts of things. And I started to see like, yeah, there's lots of, there's actually good things happening. Like th this is making people appreciate their lives, their families more. It made me appreciate what I had a lot more. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I, I obviously haven't gone through anything that's been like traumatic like that, but I'm sure that definitely gives you a new perspective. Like you wake up every day a little bit different. I'm sure once you, once you get past that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So what you mentioned, you were getting into personal training at that time. What, what did you want to do with that? What, like, what was your goal when you got into that? Yeah. So, um, just a little bit about that was, uh, I was working with my dad in insurance and, um, I realized that I just did not like it. Uh, you know, I, I kind of grew up thinking that as I got older, as like a profession or a career or whatever, that I would help people. And um, I didn't really know how I would help people, but I just felt in me that that's what I wanted to do. So as I got older and I was, uh, I, I was kind of, I was kind of a lazy kid in school and um, I got out of high school and I was just playing in bands and delivering pizza. And then I met Sarah, who's now my wife. And that's kind of when I had a week wake up call that like, Hey, I got to I gotta do something with my life. I gotta get a. I gotta have. I have a real job. I need a real job. So my dad gave me a job with him, uh, working in insurance, and I got my license and, you know, home and auto insurance. And I, I just hated it. After a year, I just really did not like it. And during the, I guess like maybe two years, a year and a half or so before I got married, that's when I got into fitness. And I got into fitness only because I was out of shape. To be honest, that was it. I was, uh, I grew up, like I said, I grew up skateboarding, I was surfing all summer long in Ocean City, New Jersey, and I was pretty active, rode my bike everywhere. But once I turned 18 or so and I was out of high school, I was delivering pizzas, I was drinking soda all day long. And when I graduated high school, I was like 120 pounds, maybe 125 pounds. Like two years out of high school, I'm 20 years old, and I step on the scale and I'm like 145, 148. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And that's when I realized like, there's not an ounce of muscle on me. I'm just out of shape. This is not right. Plus, Sarah was very in shape. 
So I was like, dude, I gotta, I gotta do something about this. So anyway, I got into fitness. I started working out. Uh, I, I was running, I was doing pushups, whatever. And then eventually, um, Sarah's brother, my brother-in-law, Luke, he gave me like a three day, like bodybuilding split. And that's when like my body started to change a little bit. And uh, it wasn't like, it wasn't very dramatic, but, uh, a little bit. And I, I looked a little bit better. I was like 135 pounds and looked better. Um, but I wasn't really getting anywhere. And then a personal trainer told me, he was like, well, what are you doing? He asked me what I was doing. And I said, well, I'm doing like 15 to 20 reps for like three sets. Cause I want to be, I want to be lean, you know? And he's like, well, that, that's not going to do it. And I was like, really? Well, that's what I read. And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, you, you got to do like six to eight reps and it's got to be tough. And that's how you're going to build muscle. And that's actually how your body's going to transform what, like how you want. And I'm like, oh, Okay. So I did it. And then that's when like things really started to change. And all of a sudden I was like, after like nine months, I'm, I'm like 145 pounds and I'm leaner and more muscle stronger. And I was like, wow. So that's when I got to thinking, uh, I want to do that. Like I want to help people. Like it took me forever to kind of figure out what to do. And I found out there was an exercise science major and that's how I got into uh, personal training. I I was like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to learn like what science says. And then that way people can come to me and I can help them. They don't have to like go search in the internet and sort through a bunch of crap that's just people trying to sell you something, you know? So that's how I ended up personal trainer. Yeah, I like that because uh, there's plenty of it. There's so much information. Like now there's, you can Google bodybuilding split and it's like millions of hits and it's, you don't really know what what's behind that. Like mm-hmm. there's no one who's kind of personalizing it for you and, and coming up to you with a certain goal and like behind anybody is like, we see it in weightlifting. There's so much personality and stuff like everyone who walks in, you have a specific goal, but it's like, what's actually behind that? Like, why do you want to be this weight or why do you want to lift in this competition? Like, what's that mean to you? And I, I'm sure it's more personal when people actually come to you and you can see it on their face and kind of be with them when they're reaching a certain goal. Oh yeah. I, I, I love working with everyone, uh, that I work with. Um, it's, as you said, like, you know, when people make progress, uh, whether it's, you know, on a, from, from a competitive standpoint or just like on a personal level where they reach somewhere where they didn't think they could, like that's, that's super rewarding. And that's, that's why I love what I do. Yeah. So when's the first time that you did a snatch or a clean? Okay, that's a good question. Um, first time I did a snatch or a clean, uh, let's see, thinking back, that would probably be about 2009 when I did the USAW Level 1 uh, at Westchester, Westchester University, and it was uh, Leo Totten, I believe. He was who taught that course. And I only did the course because one of my professors was like, Hey, there's a USAW thing. I, you know, I, when he said it, I didn't even know what he said. I just heard weightlifting and strength training and, you know, it counts towards your like, uh, like extra credit type stuff that you needed for graduation. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, whatever. I like lifting weights. I'll do this. And that's when I first kind of like really got exposed to it. Like I, I'd seen as a kid, I remember a couple times like seeing it on TV in the Olympics and, uh, you know, I, I thought it was wow, like look at all that weight and wow, they move fast. But then now being older and seeing a couple of the videos, I was like, wow, that is really cool. And 
that's like when I learned the lifts. I didn't actually do anything with the lifts until a few years later um, because at the time when I learned, I was like, I don't know, like, what am I going to do with this? I want big <laughs> biceps and triceps. Like, how does this do that? And I couldn't figure out at the time how it really applied to bodybuilding. So I was like, not really interested. I got really interested after cancer, actually. It was after going through all my treatments when I was getting back into shape, I had decided, like, all right, you know what? I don't really care about bodybuilding anymore because, like, all these years that I did bodybuilding, like, with my genetics, they just, I never really got that muscle size. And, and even, like, when I got lean, like, if I dropped weight, I never looked really, like, how I, like, aspired to look. Were so, you looking at, like, muscle and fitness, like, Phil Heath, those guys? <laughs> Well, I mean, like, I was, but I knew that, like, with those guys being on steroids and stuff, yeah. like, I knew, like, that wait, wasn't... what? Steroids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, what? Uh, so I, I knew that... I thought it was just three sets of ten. Yeah, yeah. It didn't work for me. But, uh, so anyway, you know, I was like, you know, this... I'm not really interested in doing that anymore. I want to be, like, healthy. I want to be fit. And I saw... I watched a bunch of videos of, like, uh, Name or Nyman. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Little guy. And uh, Piros. I remember watching them. And being like, okay, those guys are small, they're super lean, and they're moving like obscene weights super fast. That is so cool. I want to do that. And then that's when I really started to do the lifts. Huh, that's interesting. I wish like, I I definitely wish going back, like I was a part of the Cal Strength and like John North videos because I listen to uh, weightlifting talk now, mm -hmm. and they talk about like the the golden days with like Donnie Shankle, and I didn't see any of that. But now, like if I was getting into weightlifting in two thousand twelve, one, I'd be super good at weightlifting. But like <laughs> just watching those guys and like kind of the passion that they have, American weightlifting, and like you can, I think American weightlifting in general is is kind of boomed since like cross the CrossFit days. Now, like if I saw a snatch in 2014. I'd be like, what the hell is that guy doing? <laughs> like in any time fitness, it's uh, it's just funny looking back on it. And like, we're, I think all of us in the gym are so caught up with like snatch and clean and jerk and squat. And like, we're all into this thing, but it's, it's still like this really small niche sport. Oh yeah. Lots of people have no idea what you're talking about when you talk about it to them. So, uh, but yeah, CrossFit really helped out uh, because so when I started doing the lifts, I was doing them at the gym that I worked at with just iron plates, really bad bars. Um, so I could not drop the weight. I had to bring the weight down on every single rep. Um, it, basically, I couldn't miss. So as I got heavier with the lifts and I missed, all of a sudden, I couldn't do it anymore. I had to stop. So I actually stopped doing snatch and clean and jerks for a couple of years, um, except for like, I would do like super lightweight, like... Mm -hmm probably like 50% of what I was able to do every now and then just cause I liked, I enjoyed doing the movements. Um, but then like once CrossFit got big, that's actually what like kind of opened the door for me to start doing it again for real because then I was like, Oh, there's gyms now that have bumper plates. Cause I didn't know where to go. Um, I, maybe I, I'm sure if I had looked into it more, I probably could have maybe found, I don't know if maybe Philly barbell was around at the time. I'm sure they were. Cause I know Jim's been a coach for a long time. So, um, and obviously people were doing it. I just didn't know where to look. I didn't, I, I couldn't find that. Uh, but once CrossFit gyms opened up, it was like, Hey, can I like lift there? Like during like, uh, open gym times or something. So I could do Olympic lifts. And 
uh, started working out out in uh, Exton at uh, CrossFit Proven, and uh, that's how I started to like actually be able to train the lifts like properly. Yeah, and that was probably uh, I want to say that was 2014 ish. Okay. I think. And those are like the dark days of USA weightlifting. Jake Jake was on the podcast and he talked about uh, nationals being in a roller rink. Oh, really? Like it was in the mi- I guess it was in the middle of the skating rink. Like they just put a platform wow. out on the skating, and that was 2014. Yeah. And now you go to these meets and they're insane. Like yeah. it, the money that they put into it, it's uh, it's definitely a cool sport. It's exciting, yeah. So when so. You're a personal trainer. Are you teaching people how to snatch and clean and jerk, or did you start that after you started really taking it seriously yourself? Um, I, at, I at first no, I wasn't teaching that. Um, I think there was like one guy that uh, we actually we were we became friends as I was I was his trainer, and we became friends. We actually started to like lift together. Like he liked he that kind of helped him like to see me put my energy. In, into the into lifting and stuff, you know, just doing bench press and deadlifts and squats and stuff. Um, so anyway, we started training together. And then as I was getting into the lifts, like I was like, hey, you know, Bill, why, why don't you try this? And so I started to teach him a little bit. Um, so that's actually like he's probably the first person I started teaching. But outside of him, I don't think I started teaching the lifts to anyone until I don't know, maybe 2015, 2016. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I did find that, uh, in my opinion, the Olympic lifts, uh, they address like so many components of fitness. So that's why I started incorporating them into like my personal training, uh, at least on some level to people that could handle it. Um, never thinking like, oh, like you're going to compete with this, but it was just like, you know, teaching someone like an overhead squat and then maybe like a snatch pole and then maybe a power snatch and stuff like that. And, and people had fun with it too. So, mm. And we even see your clients at the gym, like not everyone's competing and yeah. you have people who are up to 60, 70 years old doing some form of the lifts and, and, uh, it really is accessible to everybody. Yeah. And, and again, it's like, it, for me, it's like, if they want to do it, then why not? If, if they don't want to, I'm not going to make them. But. Yeah. Do, would you say that's like the core of your, training philosophy for people like new clients if somebody who wants to work with you now are you going to get them into snatch and clean and jerk right away depends on the person um like for example i have a girl that just started and she had no interest in the in the olympic lifts so and that was fine with me so we just did like straight strength training and and in my opinion that was actually better for her because she had never worked out with barbells and dumbbells and stuff so I didn't. I wouldn't want her to jump in to that stuff yet because it's very complex and dynamic. Uh, I I believe that people should have more of a strength base before they start doing that. Um, at least with with weight. And again, now the other thing too is like, what is that person's level of coordination? Um, some people are really really co- coordinated, so you can mix that stuff in quicker. You know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't push it onto people. But um, if I start to see that people move really well, like, and they're just coming to me like they would just want to be fit and stuff like that, I'll suggest it to them and ask them if they're interested in it. If I, if they appear that they can move pretty well. Yeah, I think you can, you can kind of pick up on that. You see people at CrossFit who, 
it's not like they have a certain thing that they do really well, but you're like, you move differently than most people. Like, I think you can see it in like box jumps or people doing like shuffles or just what's the karaoke. Mm -hmm. Like you can see people who are super coordinated and it's like, and I remember when I was at KOP, Jim was like, you know, you can do this and like, you can be good at this. And that like, that's that's all it took for me. Yeah. Like one time he's like, you can be okay across it or you can be like pretty good at this. And I'm like, all right, where's your gym? (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So, so you're competing still, which, which I think is really cool. And like, we're, we're talking about Olympic lifting. You can do it forever. Like you can hypothetically compete when you're 70, 80 years old. Yeah. With all the master's divisions, it's kind of fun. Yeah. So, so when, when did you compete for the first time? Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm pretty sure the first time I competed, I was a master's lifter. I think I was 35 or so. Um, but actually, the first competition I did, it was after I tore my adductor. It was, I had signed up for the competition at CrossFit Westchester. Uh, and uh, like two or three days later after I registered, I tore my, my adductor. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Um, so I just figured, well, let's see how much it heals up. And maybe I'll just do it just to get the experience. And by the time the competition rolled around, uh, I was at about 70% or so. So I did the competition and I just, I kind of had to power everything because I was still kind of scared to squat since that's how I tore it. But um, yeah, when was that? Uh, It was, I want to say that's 2017. So. So you haven't been competing for that long, really? No. So I I know John North talked about like you kind of have like a 10 year window on when you can. And I don't know how true that is, but he said like you have a 10 year window when you can PR. So like if you start the lifts at 40, you could hypothetically PR until you're 50. And I think it's all about mindset too. Like your, your never give up mindset is like, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how out of shape you are. Like there's always something that you can push towards you can always get better at everything. Yeah, that that actually, and that's something I love about weightlifting uh, with, with the snatch and the clean and jerk. Since it's so um, technique driven, I feel you can like just constantly try and work on your technique, uh, and that's what attracted to me. It attracted me to it initially, like when I first started doing it, and I was like, "Wow, this is really cool!" Like it, you just you just practice the same thing, and little by little, you get better. And hey, I remember this. This is what it was like when I skateboarded. This is what it was like when I learned how to play drums and uh, and I learned uh, a paradiddle for the first time and, and I could not do it fast. And I would sit there in class. I remember eighth grade, every day in class, I would just sit there on the desk and just drill paradiddles on the desk with my hands until all of a sudden I could do them fast. And that's kind of like what the snatch and clean and jerk is. And you can break it down into various components of the lifts but you you just you practice the lifts you know week after week and and just try and refine the technique and it keeps it exciting for me even though it's the same thing over and over again the idea that i can get better at it that kind of pushes me along with it do you think your parents like drilled that into you like kind of taking something on and like really trying to get better at it or was that just kind of your brain working like you start skateboarding and you're like 
I'm all in skateboarding and then you pick up weightlifting or personal training, like whatever you're doing. That, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. I, you asking me that right now, I, I think I can remember my dad kind of inspiring me to practice because that's how you get good at stuff. I think that was something that he kind of said, but I don't know that it was something that he would like say a lot, but maybe just him saying it, it clicked in my head and I just took that and ran with it with everything. Yeah. I think we're super impressionable at that, that age, but you don't really, you might not have like a certain memory, but like you're kind of seeing your parents do something like kind of makes you the person that you are, I think. Yeah. And you got, uh, (laughs) it's funny because I'm trying to think like, I don't want to just talk about weightlifting. Like you have four kids, you're, you're in a band. (laughs) Like how do you balance all this stuff? My wife, hundred <laughs> percent. It's all Sarah. Um, but yeah, no, I, um, you know, I, 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 it's with the band. You know, we we're all old now, so we've kind of given up the dream of uh, being like a, a band that like makes money and stuff like that. So we're we just do it for fun. So that's like you know maybe once a week, every other week we'll we'll play, we'll write some songs or not some songs. We'll write a song. Uh, and then we'll record and we'll play a couple shows here and there. Currently right now we can't play shows, but, um, before, uh, COVID and stuff, you know, we'd play a show every couple months. And, um, so I I don't know. Yeah. It's just, there's, there's a balance, I guess that you just kind of, you just kind of know, like, you know, I make sure that there's time with the kids make sure there's time with Sarah uh, obviously I have to work, uh, I have to program for people. Um, I'm touching base with people, uh, responding to their texts, uh, remote clients, just kind of, I, you know what? I just kind of just go with the flow. Uh, I don't really have like, like a, a schedule and I don't, there's certain things like I try to make sure like Saturdays, like I don't work, uh, and Sundays too. Uh, like going into the gym that's kind of been I feel like that's been the only thing that I said in the beginning when I became a personal trainer and then a coach eventually was just that like Saturday and Sundays that's like my the family time I try to make that the family time obviously there's there's competition sometimes on Saturdays and Sundays but that's you know that's rare so yeah (laughs) anyone who's listening who works with you knows like if you text them on saturday though you'll get back and you're sending videos and and still you're still in it it's not like yeah you're like uh, i guess it's good to have that balance where you're not like 100 percent in or 100 percent out yeah and i you know i've some of the people that like coaches or trainers that i've talked to in the past and oh don't respond after this time and don't respond on the weekend and blah and you know i don't really mind responding um in fact, I, I enjoy um, when people send me videos and I get to take a look at them and help them or congratulate them. So I, I don't really mind that. And it's not, it doesn't take that much time to do it. So, um, yeah, I, I, like, I like the people that I coach. I like them to feel like that I'm accessible. Um, so, Do you have any goals in coaching? Like, Are you focused on coaching people to get good at weightlifting or are you kind of just more like get healthier, get better at the lifts. And if you want to compete, great. But if not, no worries. The second one, I think, um, I, I do 
the idea of coaching like more elite athletes is exciting, but that's not all I want to do. Um, you know, like now that I'm coaching you, like that's exciting. Um, coaching Diana, that's exciting. But it's also super exciting to coach all the other people that aren't competing or the people that are competing for fun. Like it's all exciting to me. Like it, it doesn't really matter what the level uh, of like uh, expertise is. Uh, like maybe like going to a big competition and coaching someone at like nationals or something like that. Like that's exciting in the way that I haven't done it yet. But um, but for me, like I said, it's it's more exciting just having that relationship with uh, various people and and experiencing their triumphs and you know helping them through those times where they're disappointed and frustrated and then all of a sudden we kind of fix a little something with their t- technique and then the lifts are getting better or strengths coming up whatever and they're making progress and then it's really exciting and they're happy and. So I just enjoy all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always interested to ask like coaches, like, do you enjoy PRing yourself better or do you like watching other people succeed? Uh, both. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah. I mean, honest, I mean, it's an honest answer. It's like, uh, I obviously I'm happy when I PR, uh, but you know what? I guess really when there's sometimes when, when I see someone I coach make a PR after like a period where they were just they just weren't getting something and then when they finally have that breakthrough it's like that might be a little bit more rewarding than when i hit a pr actually because it's just there's there's something that feels so good about them finally making progress the joy that they have and the fact that i got to play a small part in that like that's really cool Uh, for me, I don't know. I just, that's awesome to me. Yeah. And I think it's cool that like the environment at Westchester where you have like, I'm not trying to say I'm like the best person or anything, but like I'm competing and like really focused on weightlifting. And then Dave's hitting a PR and he's making contact for the first time. (laughs) And I think that's really cool. Like that we've kind of, not me, but personally, but like that the environment is like that where it doesn't have to be you hit a 200 kilo squat or 200 kilo clean and jerk. It's like somebody does 40 kilos for the first time. And that's awesome. Like, I think that part's really cool. Yeah, that is, that is cool. I do like that about our gym. And I think that's how, I mean, any gym should be like that, you know, everyone's on different levels and, but that's, what's cool about having like a weightlifting gym. Cause everyone's kind of like, they have the same goals, you know, like not numbers wise, but like everyone just wants to improve those lifts they want to get stronger and make improvements so we can all kind of relate to whatever that improvement is small or big yeah and just watching watching other people like it is obviously when you hit a pr it's it's awesome and it feels good but watching someone else's face i think is really cool when when that happens and you get to see that moment like i saw dana yesterday and as i'm looking at it right now but like she hits a pr jerk and like seeing the look on her face is just as cool for me. And like, I'm not even helping her at all. Like yeah. you're the one actually giving her technique and, and uh, programming and stuff. But yeah, I think it's just, it's just really cool atmosphere and, and what we've created there. Yeah. I, I feel very blessed that we have that. So are you taking on any clients? Like if people want to work with you? 
Yes, I am. Yeah, I, for me, with the programming, uh, I am starting to get to a point where I still have some room for people, for sure. But it is getting close to where I'm going to have to be like, eh, I can't for a while. Just because it's, it's very time-consuming. Yeah, I'm sure. So if you guys do want to work with Joe, awesome coach. Highly recommend him. Thank so you. reach out to him. On Is Instagram the best way to find you? Yeah, yeah, it's probably the best way. Okay, I'll link that up in the show notes cool. so people can go. Well, thanks for doing this, man. I yeah, think uh, I think people are going to really enjoy this one. Cool. Thanks again. Once again, thanks so much to Joe for coming on the show. Really fun conversation with him. I learned a bunch about him that I didn't know before. So I hope you guys took a bunch away from this one. If you are in need of a weightlifting coach, if you need some remote programming, definitely go to Joe. I highly recommend him. I love his style of coaching, and I know you guys will as well. So his Instagram will be linked up in the show notes as well as mine. So if you like this one, make sure to just tag us both on Instagram, put it on your story, let us know that you liked it. And as always, if you have a few extra minutes this week, and it's Christmas, so just give me a little gift right now. If you can just go to the iTunes uh, podcast app and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be the best possible Christmas gift that you could give me. So thank you guys week in and week out for the support. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to talking to you guys on the next one.